this generation has the heart of Jesus. They just don't necessarily know him yet. Welcome to the Know Why podcast. I'm your host, Liberty McCarter. For many of us, it's not enough to know what people say about life's most important questions. We also want to know why. Each week, Know Why tackles tough questions on topics ranging from spirituality to current events. While we approach these issues from a Christian perspective, we discuss diverse opinions and ultimately dive into what the research says. Are you ready to know why? Let's get started. Welcome to the Know Why podcast. I'm your host, Liberty McCarter. I'm so glad you're listening today because we are talking about young adults, kids, what issues they're facing and what they need. And as you know, if you've been listening to the Know Why podcast for any amount of time, that's really our heart here. It is to help young adults wade through those big conversations about big life questions in a safe place where we can ask those questions and find the answers. So if you are a young adult yourself and you're listening to this, I hope this episode resonates with you and hopefully gives you some hope and some resources. Also, maybe you can give us some feedback um, about what you think about this episode. If you're a youth pastor, teacher, or a parent, I think you'll also find this helpful. But I want to introduce our guests for this episode. I'm so happy they're actually here with me in studio. I have got a Tiffany Williamson and Joe Williamson. Tiffany actually also helps with the podcast a lot. Uh, she does a lot of our graphic design, social media. So if you follow us on social media, you're already seeing um, her uh, the pro- product of her work there. So she does great with that. Um, Joe Williamson is a youth pastor. So I'm just going to read y'all's bios so people know who you are. Uh, Joe grew up as a missionary kid and has lived in several different states. He eventually came to Texas in middle school and received his license to preach from Southwestern Assembly of God University in Waxahachie, Texas. Tiffany grew up in the great state of Texas. Yes, girl. She graduated from Davenport University in Grand Rapids um, with a bachelor's degree in marketing. And upon completing her degree, moved back to Texas Joe and Tiffany both grew up in pastors' homes with hearts for ministry. They love serving the youth and the young adults of now. Thank you both so much for being here today. Thank you. Yeah, we're excited. So um, just to jump in, I want to know more. Obviously, you guys are working in ministry now, but tell me more about your backgrounds and why you became interested in ministry, particularly youth ministry. Yeah, for sure. So my story was a little different than some, and I was sitting in a Sunday morning service, and the pastor was a guest speaker that day, and he had concluded his message, and he walked up to me and um, in front of the entire audience and pulled me up and said, what are you going to do with your life? And I was like, I don't know. I'm pursuing a degree in marketing. And um, he told me that he felt like I needed to be open to being into minute in ministry. And I grew up a pastor's kid and I always knew that I wanted to love Jesus and serve him and serve the church, but I never had any desire to um, work for a church or be employed by a church. And, but in that moment, I knew that that is what God was calling me to. And um, I had already served with our youth group and volunteered in that realm. And so I just, I didn't know exactly what my future held, but I always had an interest in youth and that's kind of where it all began for me. Awesome. What about you, Joe? Yeah. So mine's kind of similar. Obviously I also grew up as a pastor's kid Mm -hmm. and because of that, I didn't want to be in ministry at all. And so I always wanted Mm -hmm. to serve the church. I still had a heart for ministry, wanted Mm -hmm. to help people. 
Uh, but I went to Chicago and played college football, studying to be a sports agent, make millions of dollars. And then God shifted my direction. Wow. And I was at a college conference, just praying over some kids that I was there with. It was my sophomore year. And just in that moment, I just felt God talk on my heart like, hey, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go minister to the next generation, This, these kids, these college kids, future youth kids. Um, and then I just started taking steps in that direction. Next thing I knew, I've been a youth pastor for the last seven years and at an awesome church, and it's been been great. Wow, that's awesome. So both of you kind of had a shift or where you were led down a path that was different than what you initially thought, which is something we've actually talked about here on the podcast. We have a whole series on thriving at work and talking about how sometimes your plan for yourself ends up kind of being diverted. And that's not always a bad thing. Um, but fast forwarding to now, when you work with the youth in your church, um, what issues are weighing most heavily on their minds? Uh, for our context, where we're at, a lot of the issues that we've been faced with uh, here recently have been mental health things mm -hmm. such as anxiety and depression. And really within the youth though, too, like you have to be careful with that because a lot of them kind of want to have a mental health thing. Hmm. It's kind of like a trendy thing. Like, oh yeah, I struggle with mental health in this way. And so you kind of got to break it down. You're like, no, you're not depressed. You're just sad because you, you know, you failed the test, but you're going to be okay. We can get right. through this together. Um, but one of the things that our, our students are facing a lot is the anxiety and depression and, and the stress they feel of having lack of a purpose, not knowing where they're going, what they're, what they're doing, what God is um, directing their steps in, even um, with like their identities and everything that comes with that. And so we walk through with our kids a lot right now of what is that purpose? How do you discover that purpose? How uh, can you listen for the voice of God with that? Where do you see it in scripture? You know, just getting them back to the foundational principles of things to begin hearing the voice of God. But that's one of the biggest things that we've faced is that these students are so nervous about making the wrong decision when it comes to their purpose, that they're timid to do anything and because they're scared of like how that's going to drastically affect their life. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the biggest issues that we've been dealing with uh, here recently within our youth ministry. Mm. Yeah, that's, um, that's interesting too. And what kind of like lens do you think they're seeing purpose through? Like, is that only through like my career is my purpose and you know what what are they thinking how are they defining that yeah i would think it i mean would be like the the career aspect and mm -hmm. that's how we are pretty driven in america yeah this, this is my true. career this is what i do i'm a construction worker i'm a doctor i'm a teacher and so they kind of see everything through that lens mm -hmm. um and then i think at home too that it's whatever their parents are portraying on top of that mm. uh is another big one yeah very interesting is there anything else that surprises y'all about what the young adults say they're struggling with right now? Um, another thing I think, and I think Tiffany would agree with me, is that a lot of these students within the next generation, whether they're in college now, they're in high school, they're in middle school, uh, it's, it's crazy how lonely they talk about like mm -hmm. their feeling. And when we think about where we are as a world, we're in the most connected generation that we've ever had. Yeah. You know, technology-wise, social media. I mean, there's no reason why you can't get connected with somebody. I mean, mm -hmm. there's kids that play video games with other kids, you know, in Europe yeah. and then never met. But regardless of that connection, they still feel disconnected. 
there's not a, there's, I don't know what, it, what, it, how to describe it, but there's a loneliness that comes um, with this generation right now. And it doesn't matter who the kid is. Like it could be the star athlete that has all the friends and you know, that you see them as the popular kid at school. Well, they could be really struggling with being lonely and having suicidal thoughts, mm. which we've dealt with <clears throat> this, uh, this semester. And so a kid that you <clears throat> didn't expect yeah. is like, Hey, I'm, I'm really struggling with this. And we're like, well, okay, why, why are that? Well, it's because they're not putting themselves in actual, like real connection with people. And that's been a big surprise here recently that we've been noticing. Mm. So we're millennials, right? I think we're all millennials. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I still feel like I'm really young. However, I know there is a big difference between how I was raised and then kind of young adults today, college students, kids in high school, heading for college, that kind of thing. Um, what differences do you see between the problems that our generation dealt with and then the problems that are being dealt with by kids coming up now? I really think that it connects kind of back with what he was saying too, is that we, one of the biggest issues that we do see is social media. And as millennials, like we all grew up with MySpace and Facebook mm, and MySpace. Yes. <laughs> um, memories. <laughs> core memory unlocked. But um, we grew up with those things, but I had to wait until I got on my dad's computer to check my messages and check the status updates. Um, and now all of that information is at their fingertips that they can access. Um, social media and technology has just changed the game and how we are connected with people and less connected really in a way. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And even when, like you said, like we had the, get, like when I remember Facebook first got out, it was looking on my mom's computer with it. Right. Now it's on your phone. Mm -hmm. And so these kids are growing up in a way that we didn't have to deal with where, you know, maybe we'd have drama or bullying would be taking place at school and we could wait until Friday. You know, Friday's going to happen. The weekend's going to get here. We're going to not be able to talk to anyone. People might forget about what's happening. You know, another issue might come up over the weekend with someone else and they'll forget about my situation. Mm -hmm. Well, now these kids never have that moment. They never have a Friday reset moment. It's constantly there. We're even, um, I remember we'll be at youth camp and they're getting texts or notifications on Instagram or Snapchat, these private Snapchat stories of kids bullying them or and saying certain different things and they're just being bombarded with that. And so that's like greatly affecting their mental thought processes and how they're navigating life and something that we didn't have to deal with. You know, we, I mean, we deal with it now, but we're, you know, we're getting older. We're on mm -hmm. that older end. And these kids are having to learn how to deal with that when they're 12 years old, you know, they're in sixth yeah. grade. How do I deal with this situation where someone's bullying me at school or, you know, these cyber attacks. And it's just, I can't even imagine growing up in this, this time frame the way they are. Yeah. That's oh, so sad. And like you said, I didn't really ever think about that, but they never get a break from it. It's mm -hmm. like ongoing because we're always on, we're always yeah. on, you know, we're always connected and yet not really like you were saying. And so kind of on that, um, I wanted to mention that earlier this year, earlier in uh, 2023, the U.S. Surgeon General said that America is suffering from an epidemic of loneliness and isolation. Um, something else that was in the advisory, it had a lot of information, was like, you know, severe loneliness and isolation is the same effect on your health as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Yeah. Um, mm. And then surprisingly, 
or maybe not surprisingly if you're working with youth, but young adults are almost twice as likely to report feeling lonely than those over 65. Um, So I know we've kind of touched on this a little bit, but just further, do you see signs of that level of isolation with the youth that y'all are working with? Yeah, totally. And I think the really the big window that I've seen with this has been like that first semester, first year of college kids. Mm. 18, 19, they're just now leaving home. They're leaving their community, their family, their friends, their churches. And so they're starting new, like they're starting life for the very first time, like on their own in their adult world and how lonely that season is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're trying to figure out who their friends are going to be. And a lot of times, I remember when my freshman year of college, I had a rough, rough time. Because I was surrounded by people who didn't have the same values that I did, didn't mm-hmm. have the same beliefs that I did. I was the only kid on my football team that went to church. And so mm-hmm. I, it was a hard season to yeah. be there because you actually feel alone for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a major thing that I've been seeing within our, our college ministry, uh, especially with our kids come back home. And I'm like, oh, what are you doing home? I, I dropped out this semester because this is what's been going on. I've you know, I haven't had a good connection with anybody. I'm, I'm lonely The you know, not getting along with my professors or the students or you know, in my room, just sitting there all by myself. And so you're just seeing that, that moment happen. And that's been a critical age range that we've been noticing that freshman year. Mm. Yeah. And like, I know I didn't really plan to ask this, but what do you tell them? Like if you give them advice for when they go back or how to maintain that connection, then, you know, when they're in an area where they don't know anybody, what do they do? Yeah. And so one of the things that I've been trying to do as we've been seeing this is before our kids even leave for college, I'm making them these little cards like, hey, this is, here's a church that you can get connected with. I've already contacted them. Um, I'm going to set up a meeting for you. I'm going to try to help every way that I can to build that community, Mm -hmm. um, following up with them, FaceTiming them, getting our small group leaders and our youth ministry involved with them as well, trying to surround them as much as we can with the comfort of um, the people that they already know. So it's not strangers necessarily. It's like, I know who this person is. I know who my small group leader is Mm because I've had them the last four years in high school. I can talk to them about what's going on in college. And so that's something that we've been really trying to do to combat that. Um, but it's it's one of those things too, where it's brand new for us. We've been trying yeah. to figure this out um, on this journey with them, but it's been crazy to see. Yeah. I mean, what a blessing too, that they have people like both of you in their lives to do that, to take that time. Um, I mean, that's just, you know, that's so great. There's so many people who don't have that. And um, that that's an idea too. If you are listening and you have somebody in your life that's going off to college, think about the fact that they might be really lonely. They're going to be disconnected from their home and their community. And uh, you know, on the one hand, it's an opportunity to get involved with new community, but sometimes we need a little bit of help mm-hmm. in figuring that out. And that can be, you know, if you have someone in your life that's heading off to college, like that's such a great idea to try to help them think through that ahead of time and get them connected. I love that. Uh, but kind of shifting to the topic of faith a little bit among young adults, um, I always like to look at Barna Research Group. They've got great information on the status of faith in America and particularly among young people. Uh, but according to recent research from Barna, about 32% of teens um, in the U.S. are committed Christians, meaning that they confess that they have made a personal commitment to follow Jesus. Um 
And that data also shows, though, that more teens are most teens are interested in learning more about Jesus and have a generally positive view of him. So um, is that what you're seeing or what attitude toward Jesus and Christianity do you see among young adults today? Yeah, I've been seeing that the positive um, view of Jesus for sure. One of the things that I like to say within our church, whenever I get the chance to talk about you know, next-gen ministry, is that this generation has the heart of Jesus. They just don't necessarily know him yet. Hmm. And when you start looking at what this generation does, like they they care about those who are hurting. They care about the people who are on the outside, the, the outcasts. They... Um, they're passionate about changing culture in a positive way. And so they they are very committed to that and they're passionate about that. When you look at Jesus within the New Testament, he did a lot of the same things. Jesus was always with people showing care to those of the world deemed as outcasts. So the culture in that time, like pushed aside, they're on the outside of the gate or you know, don't associate with those sinners. But Jesus made sure that he cared for them still. Uh, Jesus would shift the culture away from, you know, super religious thought to, hey, let's have a, more of a relationship with a heavenly father. And we even see uh, Jesus telling, like, talking to us about loving God and, and loving people. And that's what this generation is about. And they just don't necessarily have the, that moment yet to fully get to know who Jesus is. But once they start hearing about Jesus and the heart of Jesus, because they kind of already align with that a little bit, mm -hmm. they get interested in who he is more. And they want to have that relationship. They want to read the Bible. They do want to open it up. Okay, where where did Jesus do miracles? Where did, where did Jesus you know, talk to religious leaders and, and the culture in that time? Um, one of the sermon series that we've been asked to do is, can you give us a bibliography on Jesus? Just a whole you know series on walking through Jesus's life because they just want to learn more about who he is um, in our life, which I think is super cool, yeah. <laughs> positive thing. But that's one thing that I've been noticing. And that was a really cool statistic to learn for sure. Yeah, that is so fascinating. And it's like, yeah, it backs up exactly what you're saying. Um, and speaking of Barna, so other research shows that while a third of U.S. teens and almost half of young adults in general have made a personal commitment to follow Jesus, only 4% of Gen Z specifically have a biblical worldview. So that's defined um, by Barna as how people answer big life questions, kind of like we were talking about a minute ago, like purpose, identity, and morality. So what are some of the big life or big moral questions that teens are struggling with the most right now, um, including teens who identify as Christians? Um, I think that one thing that we've seen is that students can know what's right and what's wrong um, and Jesus came to die for their sins, but the things that are around them that they don't know how to correct or the sins that they see in their friends or in their own lives, um, they either fully accept the, they, they're either fully accepting of it or they reject those around them. So we've seen them like bully one another when they see a sin in someone else mm -hmm. rather than, um, loving the sinner and hating the sin and moving on from that um, and just being the hands and feet of Jesus. Um, and so that's why we try to teach them how to truly love other others, even if they see the sin in their friend. Yeah. It's trying to find that balance. And I think mm -hmm. that's a really big, big thing that teens are struggling with the most with it is, you know, I have a friend who's in the LGBTQ community. How do I love them? 
without, you know, uh, completely accepting everything and, you know, and still believing what, what the Bible says is true. Like, how do I walk through that? Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a conversation I had with one of our youth students a couple summers ago. She was like, my best friend, she believes she's gay. She doesn't want to come to our church because she thinks that we're going to judge her. And how do we navigate that that situation? Yeah. And I think that our students have a hard time with that because they don't, they, they can't just see the, like how exactly, I mean, we all do. Like, oh, for sure. Have a hard time with that. But how do I completely love this person without saying, okay, what you're doing is completely okay. And, you know, we can change what scripture is saying with this, but how can we also uphold it with, you know, what the Bible says? Mm-hmm. So I think that's a true thing for sure, but we've been realizing. Mm-hmm. Do you think um, it's hard sometimes for them to learn how to articulate, even if they believe, okay, I believe that the Bible teaches this, but to articulate the why? For sure. And that's, I mean, I think that's something we all struggle with. It's right. like really being able to do a good job at saying, you know, like you said, loving, still loving the person and like being able to have that relationship, but standing up for what you believe and then being able to articulate why you believe it in a way that is going to be, you know, hopefully persuasive to right. a, the culture around us. And so I, yeah. That's kind of another thing that we probably didn't have to deal with quite as much when we were younger. I think they also fear of not being inclusive to their friends because Mm -hmm. that's such a buzzword that they're not including their friend because they don't agree with that sin, but they don't know how to still be inclusive without it all. Right. So it's, (laughs) yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree with what Tiffany's saying Mm -hmm. for sure. And like they have the heart for the outcasts, they have mm-hmm. the heart for the marginalized, they have a heart for justice. And mm-hmm. so it can be difficult. I imagine when the culture is saying this is justice mm-hmm. and then the Bible might say something different and understanding all of those dynamics. So, right. yeah, y'all are on the front lines for sure. And like, uh. you know, learning how, how to navigate the the world as it's changing and, and how kids, you know, can, can think about all of this. Um, so what concerns you most about teens and young adults? that you interact with? Hmm. What concerns me <laughs> most? Well, I would kind of say the lack of spiritual guidance in life. And like we we're talking about, I mean, you just said like, it's hard for students to articulate. It's hard for them to know why, what they believe and how they believe it. And then go forth with that. And I think mm-hmm. that a lot of times that's because they don't have those spiritual people within their life to help mold and guide and shape that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know within our context, the majority of our students, they're the only Christians in their household. Their wow. parents don't believe in God. Most of them come from split homes. And you have these these kids that they love the Lord. They want to be Christians. They want to, you know, do what God says. They want to be used by God. And they, you know, and they come week in and week out. And we only see them on Wednesdays. Their families don't go to church. They don't want to step foot in a church. We've tried to invite them, you know, we're going to do a parent open house. We're going to have a baptism. Come and see your kid get baptized and they just won't show up. And so the kids are just alone in their faith. Wow. And one of the the concerns that I have with that is that you have these students who on one hand are wanting to grow spiritually, but when your home life is surrounded by you know, things that aren't of the Lord and pulling them into 
different directions than where they really need to go, they're going to have a hard time saying no because it's the direct family that's impacting them. You know, these are 12, 13-year-old kids that are trying to stand up for their faith when their mom and dad are saying, no, that's not really what I believe in. So how can these kids begin to address doubts, questions, concerns they have of, you know, why did God do this? Why hasn't my prayer been answered here? Well, their parents aren't molded or shaped spiritually at all either. And if they, that's usually who you you go to is your parent. Right. That's who I went to is my dad. And Mm -hmm. so when these kids don't have that element, that's a huge concern within their spiritual walk. Um, And I think you could really, I mean, be a major player because we see these kids where they, they turn their back and it's not even like they turn their back on that they love God. They just turn their back on faith in general because it's just too hard mm. for them to be the only person in their family. Yeah. I didn't, you know, that's something that I haven't even really considered, but religion has been trending down generation by generation in the U.S. for a long time. So it makes sense that you're seeing fewer households where everybody is an agreement in their religious faith. Um, also seems like an opportunity um, for people, you know, if if young adults that maybe aren't quite as young, like millennials or or other people of every generation to say, is there a young person you can mentor or be there right. for, you know, yeah. to kind of offer that guidance and that support. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's always, and I've told our congregation last year that everyone has a story and everyone has a story to share. And, you know, I remember after a challenge in our, our group, or our church, because I got to lead the next gen service that Sunday of, hey, let's go out and let's just find a young person to mentor him. We had like an 80 year old lady say, hey, I want to come be a youth leader. And she's been phenomenal with the sixth grade girls, just pouring into them and ministering to them, loving on them because they don't have a motherly figure or a grandmother figure. And this lady's like, hey, I'm willing to tell you my my story, just walk with you through life. And it's been life changing. That's sure. so amazing. Talk about purpose, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Like throughout your life, how you can really impact somebody. Um, okay, so we've talked about what concerns you the most about the next generation. But what about this upcoming generation of teens and young adults encourages you the most? I would say that watching them just get it. Like when they when they get it and they get on fire for Jesus, like I just believe that this generation is um, just something different, that they're unstoppable and that they, when they deeply love for the same cause and when that cause is Jesus, like they, it's unbelievable. And I believe that this generation really will change the world and there's nothing going to stop them once they, once they do run like that. That's awesome. I mean, I agree with that. And you know, that movie Jesus revolution that came out, Mm -hmm. I was like the only movie I've ever cried in my entire entire life. Because I like, I'm watching this movie (laughs) and as they're talking about that generation at that time, Mm -hmm. it just kept reminding me of these kids that we're seeing right now, the, the youth, the young adults that we have in our, in our world today. Um, and I just had this moment where I was like, the same thing that happened there can happen right now. Mm-hmm. These wow. these kids, these youth, this next generation has the complete potential to transform this world in the positive way that that they want to see. And they just got to start getting on fire for the Lord. And I can see that. I mean, last yesterday we baptized 14 students. Oh, wow. And they just stood there just sobbing and crying. And they're like, we're so excited to see what God's going to do within our school 
um, within our families. A lot of a lot of those families that came have never stepped foot into a church, and so that was awesome to see them just sh- proclaim their faith to our congregation and to their family and friends that were there. And so it's that kind of passion that we see that gets gets me super excited. Yeah, what's in store? How exciting! That's just amazing. So. What do they need? Like what kind of resources and support do teens and young adults need today? I know we've kind of mentioned some and you guys have talked about it a little bit, but what do you recommend? I really recommend getting plugged into the local community of a church because we have many sports teams and schools and things that you can get connected with everywhere, but really having the foundation of Christ at the center is what's the most important because Far too often we've seen families ground their kid from coming to church because of grades or because of things that they're doing wrong at home or whatever else. And many times it has shown that they stop coming to the church because then it seems like a bad thing that they don't want to come to church. And then when they need Jesus the most and when they need that the most, they don't know how to come back to church and how to run back to where it is the most important. And so I just think getting into Christian community really is the most important thing. Right. I agree with that. And I think another thing is just kind of mention it, just people being willing to just share their their stories. One of the most powerful thing that we have as believers is to share the moment that God transformed us. Mm. Doesn't need to be like this crazy theological thing. Just this is what God did in my life. And, you know, I believe that he can do the same thing in yours. And I think these young adults and teens need to hear those stories because they don't get that from their immediate family, like we've already mentioned. Yeah. And I think having other resources, honestly, like the No Why podcast, answering tough questions that people need to know and try to figure out um, and walk through just because like when they do struggle with doubts, they'll usually Google it. They'll go mm, to YouTube. Yeah. They'll listen on TikTok. And like all those things are great. There's some great resources in all three of those avenues, but there's also a lot of things that are just twisted and they're not right or accurate. And when they start latching on to the wrong thing, um, it, it gets just real messy. And so yeah. when they have like strong, biblically sound resources, people pointing them in the right direction and um, it can really help. And so you know, I'm excited for this podcast and, and just what God's can do through it. Yeah. Well, thank you guys both so much for um, just enlightening everybody listening to the podcast about these issues. And, you know, that's our heart here is to help young adults know why, know why they believe what they believe. If they're considering faith, if they're weighing these big questions about morality, um, to really have a place where we can have a conversation that's, you know, warm and welcoming, but where we do, you know, point to the truth. Um, And just, I've been thinking as we've been talking, you know, throughout this past year, since we launched the Know Why podcast, we've done uh, episodes on mental illness and loneliness and like, you know, ways to get connected and how that's impacting these generations. We've done a whole series on like how you thrive at work, including several episodes on identity, how you find your identity and where it, what's it, what is your identity outside of just what you do? What y'all mentioned is something that that's what kids are thinking about and struggling with. Um, We've done, you know, a couple episodes and have more planned where we're talking about who is Jesus? You know, like what are these issues in the Bible that are like kind of controversial? Like what does the Bible actually say about this? so many uh, conversations about 
why does it matter going to church? And actually like there are statistics that show when people are part of a house of worship and they consistently attend religious services, they are so much healthier, so much happier. And, you know, for us that might be obvious, but for people who weren't raised in church, sometimes it's like, you know, that's really surprising to find out. So those are the kinds of things that we want to offer on Know Why Podcast. Um, and so if you're listening and you think that, you know, this is a resource that more people need or you've appreciated any of the episodes that we've done, then maybe consider going to knowwhypodcast.com and just donating because we are a nonprofit ministry. We rely on the support of listeners who like what we're doing or see the need for it. So if that's something that you feel led to do, um, then, you know, give us a little bit of support or contact us and give us feedback. You can go to knowwhypodcast.com and find information on how to contact us and say, hey, here's a question that I have or that you know the kids that I'm around have or that I've heard a lot. Could you do an episode on this topic? Because we really do want it to be relevant for all of our listeners. Um, before we wrap up today though, do you guys have anything else to add? I don't. Got anything, Tiff? I don't. Well, thank you guys. It's been such a great conversation. Thank you again for listening to the Know Why podcast. Again, if you want to find out more, listen to past episodes, recommend topic ideas for us for the coming year, or support the podcast, you can do that at knowwhypodcast.com. And we hope you have a wonderful new year.